had past mistakes, all the plans that I once made. I can't help but see your hand in every step of the way. When I look back at all I've done, then I look at how far I've come. I'm reminded that I'm nothing on my own. If it weren't for my Savior, I wouldn't have a song. If it weren't for His grace in my life, I wouldn't be able to sing at all. If it weren't for His sacrifice when He bled upon that tree, if it weren't for His loving heart, well, I don't know where I would be. And I know that one day I'll be with the one who carried me through all my doubts and all my fears even through my unbelief and until that day appears i will sing so the whole world can hear how your love has saved my soul and dried my tears if it weren't for my savior i wouldn't have a song if it weren't for his grace in my life i wouldn't be able to sing at all if it weren't for his sacrifice when he bled upon that tree if it weren't for his loving heart well i don't know where I would be if it weren't for his sacrifice when he bled upon that tree if it weren't for his loving heart well I don't know where I would be if it weren't for my What a blessing. What a joy to be in the sanctuary at Emerton Baptist Church again tonight. And a joy to have you join us wherever you are, whether you're at home or driving down the road and uh, or in the parking lot listening to the FM 94.9. We're glad you could be here with us. We've got a handful here in the auditorium helping us pull this off this evening. And uh, what a joy uh, to go and read all the comments last night. After the service, I'll tell you this, God passed by this way. And I know he did because he spoke to my heart. I know he did because he touched my life and I'm thankful for it and I'm rejoicing in it. And it's an honor for us in Emerton to be able to host this event. And I say it's an honor because God could do this anywhere with anybody at any time he wants to. But he put it on our heart and gave us the ability to do it. And we're thankful for that tonight. And so I hope and pray. Uh, that you'll get in a mode of prayer and get in a mode of worship and get in a mode of uh, ready to receive the Word of God. Let your heart be good ground, good soil for the seed. The seed's good. Ain't nothing wrong with the seed. And ain't nothing wrong with the sower. What we got to be worried about is making sure there's nothing wrong with the soil. Amen. So let's buy our heads and our hearts and let's go before God and ask Him to bless tonight. Heavenly Father. I pray, God, tonight, Lord, you'd move in a mighty way. I ask you, Lord, to step in this place. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that that sweet uh, presence of the Holy Ghost behind closed doors, that sweet, that sweet fragrance and that sweet breath of God, Lord, that we felt last night and, God, that we sense this evening. God, I pray it become very real to us. And, Lord, folks are literally behind closed doors tonight. God, folks are literally shut up in their houses, shut up in their communities. God, I pray, Lord, that you would minister. 
do what only the Holy Spirit can. God, I pray the Holy Scriptures would do what only they can do. Oh, God, that that precious word would penetrate the heart like a two-edged sword. God, I pray, Lord, he'd get right to the heart of the matter and reveal it to us. And, Lord, then relieve us of it. And, God, I pray, Lord, repentance would be real uh, tonight, Lord, that believers would repent, that unbelievers would repent. Uh, God, that repentance, Lord, would uh, be very real in this revival. God, it would be a revival of repentance. God, as we confess and forsake our sin and turn our back uh, to it and turn to the lovely Savior. God, I pray, Lord, tonight you bless Brother Dean. Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd use him tonight. God, I'm grateful you sent him our way. I'm grateful, Lord, for the work you've done, making all this happen, arranging all of this. Lord, you you closed down meetings so we could have this meeting. Uh, Lord, it almost would seem like you closed down the United States so we could have this meeting. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would honor it. You would bless it. God, we'd be able to give you the praise and the glory and lift you up. And God, we'll thank you, Lord. Uh, for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, for what you can do that no one else can do. God, I pray, Lord, you bless Miss Madison as she sings another song for us and prepares us for the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, thank you for the honor to be a part of all of this. In Jesus' precious name, amen. When I think of where I am today And where he's brought me from Just a crippled man Who had lost all hope With no strength to carry on But then one day I met a king Who invited me inside But I didn't know then At his table I dined for the rest of my life and I remember Lodabar I remember the broken hearts I remember the emptiness and loneliness that had torn my life apart I remember the years I spent so far away from him now here I am table with the king. Yes, I remember Lodabar. As I look back on my life, all the things I have done, just a sinner on my way to hell, trying to make it on my own. Oh, but then one day I met a king who gave his life for mine. And I didn't know them, but because of this man I could have eternal life. And I remember Lodabar, I remember the broken hearts, I remember the emptiness and loneliness that had torn my life apart i remember the years i spent so far away from him now here i am at the table with the king yes i remember lodabar lord i don't want to forget all the things that you have done and remind me I didn't get here on my own Lord help me to see if you hadn't rescued me I know where I would be I'd still be in Lodabar with a broken heart feeling the emptiness and loneliness and tearing my life apart but because of calvary because you died for me i can sit at the table 
my loaded bar is just a memory. Well, thank God. I tell you what, Madison, sing that second verse again. The one about the king. I, I'm, I'm glad tonight that a king came by my way and picked me up. And man, I was an enemy to the king, just like Mephibosheth. I was an enemy to the king. I was at enmity with God, but he loved me anyway. Reached further down that I could reach up. And he came to the place of no bread and carried me to a place where I could sit at the king's table and feast it with him. And I remember my Lodabar. I have not forgotten where God brought me from. I have not forgotten what God's done in my life and in my heart. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I still thank God. That he has, that he saved me and brought me out of a life of sin and a dark, sinful life and a dark, sinful heart. I'm thankful for my Lodabar that it's just a memory and that God's brought me out. Some of these songs, sometimes you got to have some Bible knowledge to know what they're even talking about. But I'm glad to tell you, thank God, that God came down to my Lodabar. He came down to the horrible pit and the miry clay where I was. But he reached further down that I could reach up and pluck me up out of the miry sin. I want to sing that last verse, chorus, tag, every bit of it one more time uh, before we let Brother Dean come and moderate the rest of the service. As I look back on my life, all the things I have done. Just a sinner on my way to hell Trying to make it on my own Oh, but then one day I met a king Who gave his life for mine And I didn't know them But because of this man I could have Eternal life And I remember Remember the emptiness and loneliness that had torn my life apart. I remember the years I spent so far away from him. Now here I am at the table with the king. Yes, I remember Lodabar. Lord, I don't things that you have done and remind me I didn't get here on my own Lord help me to see if you hadn't rescued me I know where I would be I'd still be in with a broken heart Feeling the emptiness and loneliness And tearing my life apart But because of Calvary Because you died for me I can sit at the table with the kids Just a memory. Amen. Lord, thank you. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our souls diseases no not one no not one jesus 
us knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. I'm going to go up a little bit. No friend like him is so high and holy. No, not one. No, not one. And yet no friend is so meek and lowly. No, not one. No, not one. One. Sing with us at home. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. There's not an hour that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. No night so dark, but his love can cheer us. <laughs> What a promise in this fourth verse. Did ever saint find this friend forsake him? No, not one. No, not one. Or sinner find that he would not take him. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Take your Bibles and go to Second Kings chapter 4 tonight. If the Lord will help us for a little while, we want to take. And uh, the Lord will bless and give us the liberty to preach tonight what the Lord's got for us. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the local church. Thank you, Lord, for those that have assembled around the altar and those, Lord, that have assembled around their family altars. Lord God, those tonight, maybe all they can do is assemble around, Lord, the preached word and the open Bible. But our Lord, thank you for a little while. Breathe on us, Lord. Make preaching what you meant it to be. And we trust you, Lord, that thy word will not return void. Lord, but it'll, it'll bring forth that which you sent it forth. Lord, we'll love you for it and thank you in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people said, thank the Lord God. If he'll help us for a little while. Uh, I want to pick back up where the Lord had us last night. And we is in Isaiah 26. And we were in verse 20. Come. Thou, my people, enter into thy chambers. And, and uh, he said, shut thy doors about thee, around thee. Shut those doors. And the Lord had us last night begin a message on uh, what God can do behind closed doors. We looked at Revelation 3. He shuts 
He shutteth and no man openeth. He openeth and no man shutteth. We, we looked at the gospel invitation right there to the first uh, few chapters of Genesis where he said to Noah, come in, come thou in and all thy house. And that door was left open seven days for whosoever will would have believed Noah's message of coming judgment and could have come in. And then the Lord shut the door. By the way, don't you think it's interesting that the Sodomites and the witches and the New Agers and the pagans and the hedonists and all of Hollywood and the humanists and the atheists that have overrun this country. Don't you find it interesting how they've hijacked the symbol of the rainbow? One of the first token signs, the covenant signs of the mercy of God. Don't y'all also think it's interesting that God's dropped a replica of Noah's Ark right in the heartland of our country? Does anybody think that's interesting? Oh, I thought that was very interesting. They've hijacked the rainbow and made it a sign of their abominable perversions. And so God's just taking, if you want the sign, then you're going to get where it came from. And God's put the exact replica of Noah's Ark just about right there in the middle of our heartland. Kentucky, Ohio, I think it's strange, it's sitting right there on the one swing vote state. Ohio. Oh, you better believe. Brother Dean, are you talking politics? Nope. I'm talking prophetics. I've made up my own word. How do you think all them other words got in the dictionary? Somebody somewhere said that's a word. So we just made up a word right here. Amen. Thank the Lord. I'm talking about prophetics. And politics always plays in prophecy. It's always the kings and the kingdoms. It's always the kings and the kingdoms. Want to stop and thank God publicly that we got a man sitting at the head of our ship who has went with Israel and not with Islam. Want to stop and thank God. Want to stop and thank God for that, right? That we got a man. Oh, that's why can't nobody bring him down, by the way. That's why can't no, And he picked a born-again Christian to stand by his side. He picked a Christian to stand by his side. Could have picked a pagan, a new age, a witch, a sodomite, honey, and appealed to the crowds. But he picked a born-again Christian. The man chose a Christian, and the man chose Israel over Islam. You better believe politics plays into prophecy. And you're looking at prophetics happening right in front of your eyeballs. Thank the Lord for it. Thank God. Why do you think the enemies of God hate that man? That's because he honored Jerusalem. That's God's capital. I'm about to run what I'm about to do. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I may talk to them sound men anywhere. Well, I, I, I tell you, there's a lot of these, a lot of these uh, social contemporary pretty boy is going to be too impressed seeing their cell phone camera. Someone's going to be forever runt after corona. They don't, they don't like being a TV star. I hadn't even talked about this. Not a big deal, but I almost would prefer cameras be all the way in the back and you just see a little image of a man. You need to hear the voice. I told them in Carolina, it wouldn't bother me if they just focused the thing on the cross. <laughs> Put the camera on the cross and just let the preacher be a little feller down there hopping and jumping under the... Hey, I like the way that sounds. God forbid I say glory saving the cross. Did y'all hear our president at the State of the Union? He used a word you don't ever... I don't know the last time I've heard a president use the word preacher. He said we're not going to be pulling crosses down. And we're not taking Christ out of Christmas. And he said, we're not going to muzzle the mouth. And he said, of pastors and preachers. When's the last time you heard a president use the word preacher? <laughs> what are we, just a couple hours from him? I think I'll do a little preaching. Just thank God because he likes it. Amen. Thank God for it. 
Bless the Lord. Well, I forgot what we was talking about, but I really enjoyed what we started talking about. Well, we was talking about Noah. We was talking about the ark. My little men come up out of the basement and they hand me that file. They take a while sometimes. Thank the Lord. What about God dropping an ark in the middle of this nation, what they call the heartland? Putting it right there in the one swing state, everybody. Right there on the Ohio-Kentucky border. Mmm. Thank the Lord. You better believe judgment's coming. And you better get in that door while she's still open because when God shuts it, nobody can open it. Well, and then we got in Matthew 6. We've seen there can be prayer behind closed doors. And then last night we got in John 20. And we've seen his presence behind closed doors. And he breathed on them. And he showed them his wounds and his side. And he let them handle the body of Christ. Well, thank the Lord. Tonight I'm in 2 Kings 4. Give you an opportunity to turn there. 2 Kings chapter 4. And we'll just let the Lord preach this out. We'll let the Lord preach this out. I'm just going to jump in the deep end of the pool and splash around. Now, our pastor here, Brother Jason McNeese, now he can alliterate it and put it together better than better anybody I know. We'll let, I'm going to lay it out, and then he can put it together and wrap it up for you. But I, I felt led to come here tonight. The Lord gave me this. The Lord gave me this several, several days ago about why the Lord has shut the doors on us. God is the one that's called for this shutdown. God shut the churches down, probably because we've not been having church. God shut the nation down. He's given them a month of Sundays, and he's took our economy back. God's getting some of his time back, and he's getting some of his tithe back. You better believe he's running this world. He's running heaven, and he's running hell, and there are no other worlds. Now, thank the Lord. I want to look in 2 Kings 4. <laughs> what God can do behind closed doors. And if y'all look at me just for a minute, I'm going to trust you to go into your secret place and into your studies later and read this chapter. But you got two women in this chapter. And the first woman, her two sons, were about to be taken away. And the second woman, the great woman of Shunem, she had built a prophet chamber for Elisha the prophet as he passed by. And she was a barren woman, had no child, but God miraculously gave her a child. And then this son died. And she took that son into the, into the bedroom, the chamber of that prophet man of God, and laid him upon the bed. Four times in this chapter, it says, shut the door. You see a shut door. Now, in chapter 4, verse 1, let's, I'm just going to show you the four verses quickly. And then the Lord is going to have me go over some things here. And we'll see what the Lord does with it tonight. Now in chapter 4, verse 1. Here come, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. <laughs> then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt, here it comes, shut thy door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said to her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. And so you see it in verse 4 and verse 5. Shut thy door, 
and she shut the door, shut the door. Now in verse 8, we have this great woman of Shunem. And all the way up, her story goes all the way to verse 38. There's 30 verses, 8 to 37. And the same with her. I've already mentioned her story. And so the Lord gave her a child because she gave the Lord a chamber. And in verse 17, the woman conceived and bare a son. I'm in verse 17. And verse 18, when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up, I want you to see this, and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him. And went out. And then, folks, she headed for the man of God. She went down there yonder where he was and fetched the man of God. And, uh, and, and Elisha came back with her in verse 33. Go all the way to verse 33, and here's Elisha. And verse 32 said the child was dead and laid upon his bed. Verse 33, he went in there for her <laughs> and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord and he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands there's got to be something of those three things I hadn't meditated that far there's got to be something there's got to be something that's probably the three areas we failed our children our mouth our our eyes and our hands. That's got to, there's something there. There's something there. Y'all meditate and pray the Lord. And he stretched himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child waxed warm. And in verse 35, the boy sneezed seven times. Now you tie that back in to verse eight, uh, 19 where he said, my head, my head. Seven times it took him to clear his head. What was wrong with that, boys? What was wrong with our children in America? There's stuff in their head. And it's going to kill them. Mouth the Lord, help me. Oh, Lord God, we need your help, Lord. The Lord, help us. I've showed you the four times in this Second Kings 4. where uh, And that four is the number of the earth. That's how I've been praying for this particular revival meeting at the Emerton Baptist Church that had, that had ride the four winds the Bible mentions and go to the four corners of the earth Woo! and then I'm a praying she'll turn around and blow back in on us I'm about, I'm about to run what I'm about to do amen Clint you're going to run with me if I run son that's my nephew he, he, he's a half redneck and half all man he's going to run with me he's got his stomping boots on he's ready to run Clint's ready to run. Thank God I got news for you. You shut the door. There's some, I wonder why God has shut the door. I wonder if it's to save our children. That's what the Lord showed me. I, myself, have no idea what all is going on. Oh, I have some ideas, but my thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not His ways. But I tell you, when I went to the Lord and they started calling on me to preach during Corona, it's where the Lord took me. He said, I've shut the doors. <laughs> and I wonder if it's for our children. <laughs> I wonder if God's going to do something in this nation and in, and in our churches, in the American churches. I'll be honest, when I pray for this nation and I pray for this nation, I pray for this generation because they're going to hell because they've not been born again. And when I pray for this generation, I, I'll be honest with you, I pray for our churches because <laughs> that's, that's the only place the Lord's going to save this generation. He's in the middle of the seven golden candlesticks. That's where he is. And he's holding the, he's holding the stars in his hand and the candlesticks in his hand. He's at the church. And if the Lord's going to save this generation that's, uh, uh, that makes up this nation, 
then, uh, and they're having to come up under our heads and our fathers and the choices that we've made. And uh, he's got to help our churches. And I wonder, has God shut the door and pulled his people in to do a work that would save our children? Now, very simply put, very simply put, we got two stories in here. The door had to be shut. First woman had two sons fixing to be taken away. Fixing to be put in prison. Fixing to go pay off a debt. She had two sons fixing to be taken away. And then this other woman here had to shut the door on the thing. Uh, she had a child that died. <laughs> and I'm going to mention, uh, I'll be scattered, but it'll be... It'll be on purpose this, as the Lord brings it to me. This woman who's got a child that's died, she reminds me of that prodigal son yonder. That father said, my son is dead. <laughs> he was dead. Oh, he was dead. He was dead. And I wonder how many prodigals we got across this nation. The Lord could help us for a little while in this nation. The prodigals that are out yonder that need to return. I wonder if the Lord's shutting things down. He shut the party down so he can get them home. <laughs> Did he not shut the party down? Hey, man, that prodigal son got sick of the hog slop. This corona time would be a good time for a lot of folk have to stop and shut down. Can't run the roads, can't paint the town red. It is a shame that liquor stores have been deemed essential and churches deemed non-essential. God help! God forbid! God have mercy on us. That's just stinking liquor stores are deemed essential and God's house is deemed non-essential. Alcohol's killed more people probably in the last few months than corona ever will kill. You mark her down. the party got shut down for that prodigal and when he came to himself <laughs> brother Jason you what if the Lord would take this time for some folks to come to their senses to come to their self God pull them off the job long enough God pull them off the roads long enough God put them in a imagine this Imagine a mother being in her home and imagine a man going to bed at dark and getting up with the sun. Huh. wonder if the Lord's trying to restore just a little order. What about your family being planted around your table like an olive plant? Huh. Somebody say, well, society don't work like it used to. I'm just going to go ahead and say society don't work. <laughs> Probably because we don't do it like we used to. Oh, if the Lord will help us. In this hour, our prodigals. Now, I want to look at one thing. Probably be my only burden tonight. Look in chapter 4, verse 1. We're liable to be hanging around this chapter a little while <clears throat> this week. Now there cried a certain woman of the wise of the sons, of the prophets, unto Elisha. Hey! Brother Jason, Pastor McNeese, something about these two women in this chapter. They both had a previous history of serving God and helping the preacher. <laughs> Woo! Felt me a little something on that right there. Had me a little happy bubble popped right there. I'm going to tell you, it was a time of crises for both of these women. But they had a history of serving God. <laughs> they didn't have to go find the Lord. The Lord knew where they were. And when they went to him, he already knew where their house was. I nearly ran just then. He knew where both of them's house was. He knew who her husband was. Thy husband did serve, did fear. Serve thee, Elisha. Ooh. It sure is good in these times like we're in in this nation that you ain't got to get caught up on your praying. It sure is good when trouble hits, you can just say, Lord, 
And he's right there because you've been walking with him. <laughs> she said, Elisha, you know my husband served you. There's a heritage there. There's a history there. <laughs> she said, I need your help. She said, the creditors come to get my two sons. I wonder if there's a debt that we're fixing to pay in America. You don't kill 50 million babies and act like it's not happening every day. I like the little OANN reporter that mentioned it here in the past month in the daily press briefings. She said 2,900 and some odd babies were aborted in America today. She went on ahead and mentioned that. Put that number up there right up against the number that everybody, listen, I'm as alarmed as you are about those numbers about the corona, but what I'm more alarmed about is I'm alarmed that America is not alarmed about the numbers that abortion's killing, the numbers that liquor and alcohol's killing, the number that fentanyl and opioids are killing, the number that drink, the number that broken homes and youngins running the streets and the gang shootings. How come ain't nobody worried about them numbers? You're a liar and a hypocrite, what you are. You're a fear-mongering, politicking, lying bunch of hypocrites. About the minute somebody gets upset about three or 4,000 babies being killed every day is when I'll listen to you about being upset about a virus. I don't want our parents to catch the virus. They're in their early 70s. It would be bad. It'd be bad. I don't want, I don't want any of our loved ones catching it. I don't want strangers catching it. I believe you're upset about death, America, when you get upset about killing 3,000 babies a day. There's a debt to be paid. And she said, the enemy's come. She didn't say the enemy, she said, the creditor has come to take my two sons. There's a debt. Now, I heard Don Savile, old-fashioned preacher in Mississippi, years ago suggested that this could have been the wife of, I believe it was Obadiah. I'm not sure if I remember his name right, but do you remember when Ahab and Jezebel were killing the prophets? And a certain man and his wife took and hid 150 prophets in a cave and fed them. Don Sable believed that's who it was. He believed this woman and her husband had fed them 150 prophets. Don Sable, and he had some Bible to back it up. And he, and he wasn't trying to prove it, but he thought it could very, it, everything fits. And he thought that the reason she had a debt because her and her husband had given everything to them 150 prophets. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, friend. America's been stacking up money, but real Christians have been stacking up treasure. <laughs> Woo! Only the love of money is the root of all evil. Why don't you lay up for yourself treasure in another world where neither moth nor rust nor viruses nor economies or depressions or oppression or a bull market or a bear market can mess with them. It might be time for us to discover our treasure. Well, she had, she didn't have any retirement, but she had some treasure. Her and her husband had served the Lord, and her husband had served down there and helped the preacher. He had been a servant. And so she said, my two sons, now if the Lord will help me, none of, all that's been introduction. I enjoy my own introductions. I never know what they're going to look like from night to night. Hey, I need a little something too, preaching every night. And so I, I get to enjoy my introductions. <laughs> I just want to say this about the two sons. She had to shut the door on them two sons. And I tell you, she's not the first one. Adam had two sons. Help me now. Adam had two sons. Cain. Cain had to be sent out to the east. And Abel, Abel went to another world. 
Adam knew what it was to have two sons and lost them both. And uh, Abraham knew what it was to have two sons. Ishmael, he got Ishmael from Egypt, but he got Isaac from heaven. He knew what it was to cast one out and offer one up. Aaron, the high priest, he knew what it was to have two sons. And they come in there and offered strange fire. You study the surrounding chapters, I believe they came in drunk. They came in drinking. And they offered strange fire. Does that not tell you about this social media contemporary generation that's taken over, not just our nation, but taken over the world? High, drinking, dropped every standard that matters, and caught up in a wave of apostasy and offered strange fire before the Lord. Aaron knows what it's like. He knew what it's like. That prodigal and the elder brother. You get to Luke 15, the Bible said, a certain man had two sons. He knew what it was like. For one to be out in the far country, breaking his heart, and one to be out in the field with a hardened heart. He knew what it was like. I'm going to say to you that God had two sons. Both named Adam. Didn't we just come out of 1 Corinthians 15 on Sunday? Resurrection Sunday, 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter. The first Adam and the last Adam. God knew what it was like to have a son Adam on earth. And his only begotten eternal son in glory. God knew what it was like to kick one son out of a garden for sin and offer up one son on the cross for sin. God knows what a sin debt will do to a child. God knows about two sons. If the Lord will help me, I'll walk through what I just mentioned. And then we'll let the Lord help us. Adam had two sons. I want to ask you all a question. Where was Adam? Where was Adam? I'm telling you, God's burden this evangelist's heart that in this hour, God's calling the fathers back. He's calling the husbands back. He's calling the grandfathers back. We got a bunch of backslid grandfathers all across this land. They've not told their sons and they've not showed their grandsons. One of the reasons so many contemporary men who know better riding the contemporary wave is because their daddy had not told them. And they're like an Eli. He had two sons, didn't he? Was it Hophni and Phinehas? Oh, Brother Jason, Eli had two sons. And Eli sat down. Said he sat down there in the temple of the Lord. He was the priest. Do you know there wasn't a seat? There wasn't supposed to be a chair in that temple, in that tabernacle, in that tent. Brother, when the fathers sit down on God, the sons stand up and sin right in the church. And then you got to name your grandson Ichabod. Because his daddy will be dead and his mom will be weeping. Eli, the, when the fathers and the preachers sit down on God and don't correct the sons, then the grandsons have to come into a world and bear the and bear the awfulness of the name Ichabod. The glory is departed. The glory is departed. The ark is taken. Adam in that garden. Where was Adam? Where was he with his companion? Why was it in the first two or three chapters of your Bible that when God came looking for Adam and his wife, Adam hid his wife from God? Wouldn't have been good if he had hid her from Lucifer? You tell me what's wrong with a man who'll let the devil talk to his wife but won't let God get near his wife. 
I'm glad God pushed right on through and found him hiding behind them fig leaves. Where was Adam with his companion when Lucifer got a hold of her ear? There's a reason she's to have the hair. It's a glory unto the man. The man's made the glory and image of God. Woman's made in the glory and the image of the man. You read 1 Corinthians 11. Man is a reflection of the image of the glory of God. And woman, her hair is her glory to be reflected of the image of the man. God's the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of the woman. And the woman's been called to raise up them children. Where was Adam with his companion? Where was Adam with his creator? When God came looking for him, he hid. Y'all reckon God's pushing right behind all this corona? He locked everybody down in their house and locked them down in their life. And he's pushing through fig leaves. And he's saying, Adam, Adam, where art thou? Where was Adam with his children? Where was Adam with Cain and Abel? When the one boy rejected the blood atonement and made up a religion of his own. Let me tell you something, friend. I don't know who's able to see this. And before it's said and done, this will go right to where it's supposed to go. But there's only one way to God, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a Mormon, it's not Joseph Smith or the temple. And by the way, your angel Moroni got its trumpet knocked off last month with an earthquake. His trumpet's still sounding. I'm not trying to be hostile or ugly to you. If you're a Roman Catholic, you're praying to a mother in heaven and a father on earth, and neither one of them can save you. If you're a Muslim, you're looking for a Muhammad and a Allah and some strange distant deity. A cruel and punishing religion. If you're a Hindu or a Buddhist tonight, you're praying to everything that wiggles and crawls and moves, everything that God created in nature, and you're worshiping everything from worms to serpents to crocodiles to hippopotamuses. I pray God touch the blinders on your eyes and let them fall off. On tonight, if you're worshiping humanity and worshiping Hollywood and worshiping self and worshiping the God of humanism, I pray God reveal to you how weak man is, how wicked man is, how wayward man is, and let you know that there is a God who loved this world, his world, so much that he gave his son. There's only one way. God had two sons. He had to put one out of the garden, but he had to send one from heaven. And Jesus willingly obeyed the Father and came. Old Squire Parsons used to sing, When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. Amen. My brother Jason can sing it better than anybody in the family. God gave him a voice and Oh, our sister Alicia uh, <clears throat> had those records when we was growing up of Squire Parsons. And he'd sing the broken rose. The most beautiful rose who was broken that day. Singing about Calvary. <clears throat> the gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord. It was so vast, the crossing I could never ford. From where I was to his demand, it seemed so far. I cried, dear Lord, (coughs) I cannot come to where you are. And this is really his part. But he came to me, he came to me, when I could not come to where he was, he came to me, that's why he died on Calvary.
Weren't you glad there was a second Adam? First Adam was made a living soul. The second Adam was made. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. God knows what it is to have two sons. Abraham had two sons. And I'm going to tell you something, my friend, tonight. You'll never get to where God wants you to go until you cast out what you got from the world and offer up what you got from the Lord. Abraham had to cast out Ishmael and he had to offer up Isaac. Abraham knew about that. Aaron, the high priest, knew. You know what amazed me about Aaron? That he never quit serving God when God took his two sons. Them boys walked in there probably drunk. You study the context. Them boys walked in there drunk. They walked in there with strange fire they'd gotten elsewhere. When the fire of the Lord fell at the dedication of Solomon's temple, that was the fire of God, and that was to be the only fire used. They came in with strange fire. Oh, my. Them boys had stood on the great mount and seen the glory of God when the Ten Commandments were given. Nadab and Abihu, they had seen the commandments the day they were given. But they also... That was in Exodus 24, but Exodus 32, they saw their daddy make a golden calf and bring in the worship of the world and try to mix it worse than the worship of the Lord. You go back and look at it. They literally had an early service and a later service. They made a golden calf. And then he said, then we're, tomorrow we're going to worship on the altars. And they blended and they tried to bring in the worship. They tried to bring in the world. The people wanted the world, and the priests tried to also bring in the Lord. But when them boys, I wonder where they got in such trouble on opening day of a real church is because their daddy had brought a golden calf in at an earlier time. Oh, they had two sons. Aaron. Aaron received that judgment and he never missed a step. He brought in his two other sons. You go read that. I think it's Leviticus 10. And that's where that strange fire was offered. Oh, we live in an hour where God's having to judge our sons at the church house for the strange fire and for the drunkenness. It's a great grief in my heart to watch everything that makes the church precious be washed out in this tidal wave by a generation of preachers that's throwing out the baby with the wash and letting hell bring in a golden calf. Two sons. Two sons. But oh, if the Lord could help us tonight, there's that prodigal and that elder. Well, I'm going to close with this. I want our pianist to come and begin to softly play. You know what the Lord did in 2 Kings 4? Shut the door on them two boys and began to pour out the oil. <laughs> this is as far as I'm going in the message tonight. But if God would start, if we could get behind closed doors and find the only thing we got. She said, I don't have anything left but a pot of oil. Brother Jerry Reed is an older preacher in Mississippi, our good friend. But I believe it was Hurricane Katrina, the one that came just a few years ago. Blowed away most of the things down there on the Gulf Coast. Jerry Reed, dear pastor, had a two-story home, I believe, paid for, passed down through some generations filled with family heirlooms. The insurance companies ripped most people off down there. I had a lot of friends in Biloxi and Gulfport. If you had flood insurance, they'd say it was wind damage. If you had, if you had wind, they'd say flood damage. They, they worked it out to where they didn't pay hardly anybody anything. We're a nation of financial corruption and greed. And the love of money and lying and robbing. 
I remember hearing Brother Jerry read two months after the storm took his house. This little woman right here was fixing to lose everything. She'd already lost everything materially. She's fixing to lose her two sons. Elisha said, what do you got? Well, there's nothing left but a pot of oil. <laughs> I heard Jerry Reed preach two months after the hurricane. You know what he said, Brother Jason? He stood in the pulpit, that tall, lanky, white, silver hair just around the edges. He stood there and said, uh, me and my wife have lost everything we had just to find out we didn't need any of it. <laughs> Holy Ghost tears coming out of his eyes, dripping down on his Bible. Thank God Evan old King James Bible and old wooden pulpit. <laughs> Woo! I said he had him a King James Bible and a pulpit made of wood. Oh, I know the liberal boys trying to say that was a platform, but guess what? Pulpit means pulpit, platform means platform. I seen that old timey preacher stand with the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never. Tears drip down, brother, old brother Jerry Reed. And he said, Me and my wife have lost everything we had. Just to find out. We didn't need any of it. <laughs> And I'll go ahead and add they lost everything they had in this world. She said, I don't have anything but a pot of oil. He said, if you'll shut the door and get your sons in there and you provide me enough empty space. <laughs> Both these women in 2 Kings 4 had to provide an empty space for God to work in. That other woman had already... She took her empty womb and just turned her time, energy, and resources and made an empty chamber for God to stay at her house. <laughs> you reckon he's withholding earthly things because he'd like to fill you with eternal things. And then this woman, well, she had an empty place in the bed where her husband had been. Now God said, make me more empty vessels, empty spaces. So I can pour. I wonder if God's wanting to empty us these days so He could pour out the oil. <laughs> well, I really thought I was going to preach on that oil poured out, but I guess we need it more than I need to talk about it. If you'll shut the door. I wonder if the Lord has shut the door so He could pour the oil out. Save our sons. Save our families. Save our children. Save our homes. Our heads are bowed. Sister Madison, you're going to just play? You're going to sing? She's fixing to sing. She's going to sing for us. We've got a handful of men left here. We're down to just a few. Some went to work. Let's remain social distance, men, but let's get on these altars. Pastor, you are coming in just a moment. Direct this service you see led. Oh, Lord. Go ahead and sing for us, child. Oh, thank a thousand you. times I've heard it As a shout of praise Three little words sung with joy from someone so amazed but every now and then i hear it from a broken heart of faith spoken with a whisper as tears are wiped away and it stills my breath to hear say God is good God is good when life 
doesn't go like we wish it would He'll always be what he's always been That is understood And always, always, always God is good Standing in the darkness Though fear is what they feel They testify to a faith that's settled and is real Cause when calm turns into chaos Peace is stronger than the pain When you know that you are held by A God who doesn't change And this simple truth it still remains God is good God is good When life doesn't go like we wish it would He'll always be what he's always been That is understood and always, 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 God is good, God is good. When life doesn't go like we wish it would, He 